Hello, I'm Mike White, the CEO of Library Worldwide. Welcome to Fresh Takes Video Podcast, where we take a fresh look at the ever-changing landscape of marketing. We want to find out how creativity and technology are innovating the world of brands and businesses to deliver genuine audience connections. Everyone is talking about developments in technology and the constantly changing landscape for marketeers. Are we spending enough time studying the needs of the general public? After all, that's who we're trying to connect with. We have been bombarded by as many as 10,000 ads per day, and 85% of them sit below the memory threshold. Is advertising really dead, or has it just evolved into many different formulas, leveraging different channels, platforms, and formats? With the launch last week of ChatGPT, will 2023 see the true impact of AI on all our lives? How do we navigate these constantly evolving advances in technology while wanting to stay creative and be at the centre of culture? Well, that's why we are here. Lively is a creative innovation agency, taking an agnostic view across all this noise and finding the true pioneers of creativity, innovating the world of marketing and entertainment, so we can discuss what we have learned and how best to navigate the future. So who better than to have Chief Creative Officer of Vice Media and Co-President of Virtue? Welcome, Chris Garber. Hey, Chris, how's it going? It's going well, thanks, Mike. It's great to see you again. It is. We're all in a bit of a different environment. We're not in sunny can anymore. Yeah, there's a bit of a change, right? It's all foggy and cold, yeah. <laughs> well, the annoying thing is it is in LA, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> um, look, Chris, it's so I'm so pleased to have you back. Uh, obviously, uh, we did a fantastic panel with a group of us in Cannes. Uh, it was brilliant to have you know, a data person, a creative and a client really being able to talk about kind of the overall journey. But what I'm really excited about kind of having you as a lead creative with so much experience across two different types of businesses, um, I think that's where we should probably actually start. Why don't we just hear a little bit about yourself and a bit of your background? Well, thanks again for for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. I mean, we we had a very interesting time in in this industry where there's a lot of accelerated change. And um, I feel very privileged to be at a company like Vice Media Group because I've got um, almost a dual role. I'm chief creative officer of the group. So I oversee the different sort of businesses within Vice Media Group creatively from Vice World News to Refinery29 to um, incredible production companies like Pulse Films and Vice Studios that are making a lot of like series right now for the streamers and documentaries and feature films. But the, my other role, which is probably takes up most of my time, is building the advertising global collective virtue, um, where we've got our own roster of clients um, that we service with integrated marketing uh, offerings and services. So it, it's fascinating because I get the ability to sort of look in um, into the journalist world where, where we've got journalists across the world with boots in the ground reporting from the front lines of change, which gives us the ability to really almost be able to predict where these behavioral shifts are going to come from in, in culture, where these new cultural triggers are that we can attach brands to. Um, and we really, from that, do have the ability to um, build a different kind of shaped product. We call it insider marketing, right? And um, what that means is building brand platforms from the inside of these pockets of culture in an authentic way with these communities um, at the right moments in the right contexts. Um, and I think it all uh, really uh, works well when you truly understand the audience needs at the beginning of the process. So I guess we're going to dig a bit into that in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. That's uh, 
How do you find time for a personal life? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's actually, I've never really divided my personal life from my work life. I just love what I do. That's good. That's good. So look, with the, uh, you and I have already had a chat and I think where we, we really want to uh, land and, and it's probably a great kind of time of year to talk about it is, is the impact. We, we actually talked about this in Can, didn't we, a bit? And the fact that data, you know, let's start looking at data as, as the human beings that, it, that it's portraying and really getting to understand them. But also as creators and marketeers, how we can actually start to develop marketing for good um, and deliver some really good kind of credible action-led um, yeah, campaigns. And, uh, and I know you, you know, we're really keen to hear uh, about the whole project Back Up Ukraine. Do you want to dive straight into that? Because it's such an incredible project. Well, thank you so much. And I mean, I wish we weren't even talking about it, to be honest, because it's such a horrific event that's unfolding before the world's eyes. And I remember at the beginning of the year sitting, watching this um, happen and feeling completely helpless and frustrated and compelled to do something. And you know, within an organization like Vice with our journalists on the, on the ground rushing into the front lines um, and, and us marketing guys from Virtue sitting there going, what can we do? You know, what can we do that doesn't just get people to feel something, but gets people, enables people to do something to stop this horrific atrocity that's happening. And, um, and it was quite fortuitous because we've got a lot of incredible technologists um, and creative thinkers in, in, in Virtue that geek out on the latest tech and we had just literally a day or two before been talking about this new app called polycam um which is this uh this 3d scanning technology um, and because of the new iphones having lidar technology and the new samsung's um it enables anyone with a phone in their hand to scan something in three dimension and upload it to the cloud um and so we said, well, what can we do? Instead of just talk about it, what can we do? How can we enable people on the ground to actually protect something? And we were watching a, uh, a news broadcast and the, uh, the head of um, Blue Shields, um, Soren Lacour Jensen, was talking about the fact that Russia was trying to destroy their cultural heritage by erasing their national identity. And you could see the Russians destroying all the statues and all the buildings of national heritage and the monuments. And it's, it's heartbreaking to this day, it's still happening. Um, and so basically our job became just joining the dots between a real acute human need for pre preserving a cultural heritage and finding a technology that we could arm people with to do that. And so we said, let's get this technology and this app in people's hands and let's get them to, to start scanning and uploading these national monuments and heritage sites up into the cloud where no bombs could destroy them. And because we were a vice media group and because we had journalists on the ground, we could actually activate this at scale and grow it very quickly. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's, that's incredible. And so, yeah, and, and you, uh, when we were talking about it, you said it actually evolved further than you expected as well, which I think is what's really exciting about the fact that there's so much technology sat in our hands with these sorts of phones and other things like that, that um, it expanded more than you expected, didn't it? It really did. I mean, I think that's the the point is that, you know, we weren't completely in control. What we envisioned and how we imagined people to use the technology evolved. Um, and people started not only scanning statues and national monuments, but it's kind of 
heartbreaking again, but they're, they're potentially last Easter lunch together or their child's playground down the road or um, local artists started scanning their own artworks to preserve them or they destroyed apartment blocks. And it very quickly became evident to us that people were starting to document. This is the first time in history that a war has been documented in three dimension like this, um, which is fascinating to us as a brand because Vice World News is always obsessed with like, finding new ways to immerse the audience in, in, in the story, to take the audience on the journey with them. Um, and this was another way to do that. That's incredible, isn't it? You can just, that's got endless po possibilities really, hasn't it? Because you're basically talking about, you know, enabling people to capture 3D memories and, and be able to go back and revisit them really and honestly, aren't you? D definitely. And I think, I mean, one of the 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 the, the, um, the main uh, drives of, of of doing backup Ukraine was to um, obviously save a cultural heritage and and use it as a blueprint to possibly rebuild it again one day. And it's it's interesting because a lot of gaming companies have been doing this. Uh, I remember when the Notre Dame burnt down, and luckily a French company had scanned that whole um, building in three dimension with lidar technology and. Assassin's Creed actually used that blueprint to rebuild, um, or they actually used that blueprint from Assassin's Creed to 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 reimagine how to rebuild the Notre Dame. And um, and again, I think it's 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 a good um, tool again to preserve um, a culture and to preserve a memory. Um, and we all know how the news cycle goes, right? Like, um, and you know, people remember up until the next shock factor comes along. And I think it's everyone's jobs to never forget. Well, and I think that's what's really nice about it. And yeah, this is something we've talked a lot about with our clients is for me, I've I've never really wanted to work in the field of marketing where we're creating just flashes of of moments, you know, um, you know, stunts or, you know, because yeah, we all put so much to your point, if you're going to create a community and you're going to build a relationship with these people and you're actually going to do something as powerful as you did and actually, you know, hit their emotions, then, you know, it's it's bad for brands to then just kind of walk away from that, isn't it? It's And that's the thing. New, news has become so disposable, people just forget. And, and that's exactly what we don't want people to do. And, um, and that's a, yeah, I really like that because you, you're... You're really showing how I, you know, fantastically technology is hopefully going to re-empower us to keep things going, basically, <laughs> not just move on and forget. <laughs> I do think so. I think the industry faces a huge challenge. I think we're caught in a tactics trap more than ever. I think there's a lot of short-termism in, in marketing. Oh. And um, the problem with that is nothing adds up to um, a more... Uh, sustained platform idea yeah. over time. And I think we all know that platforms build meaning and value for brands over time. Um, yeah. and, and I think that brands these days more than ever need to demonstrate their beliefs or their purpose consistently over time. Um, yeah. Really gain traction and build value. I, I, was, I was very fortunate enough to start my life working for Virgin. And, um, and what was so exciting working with them is they uh they really they obviously wanted to keep their music heritage and things like that but they were really supportive of new talent 
and and we we ran a lot of well a consistent music project that that spanned over seven years it was all about helping new musicians and the music industry and stuff like that and it was it was so it, it was a tv show it was it was many different things but it was quite funny it, it coincided with um when like britain's to got talent came out and things like that and it was it, it was interesting because because we were helping new talent like any media coverage was as benefit to them and uh, and i think that was good was to see a brand that was willing to commit year on year um you know with, with things like music festivals for like 17 years they carry that sponsorship on that's that's very rare and then and, and we i suppose we as agencies and as creatives need to try and get brands to understand that because you know people move jobs and move on and they want to change things but it's like you know they're building communities and they want their customers to trust them they should show that sort of loyalty shouldn't they I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important that there's a sense of creative commitment. Um, and I think also audiences are, are, are judging brands more on um, their their acts rather than their words. And so, you know, the, the, the model's changing from storytelling and changing opinions to story doing and enabling more than ever. That's good. I like that very much. Let's let's get back to the uh, the the technology and creativity because because it's an interesting subject and it's it's a one I'm quite passionate about. How do you think we touched we've touched on this before, but how do you think the introduction of technology into the creative process has has evolved the way you work? You know, I, I had a great conversation um, uh, with Jason Carmel last week, and he talked about creative directors becoming creative engineers. <laughs> what do you how how does it work within your own business it's um it's a great question i think i've always used my north star or i've always thought about my north star being the audience right and understanding your customers that that you tried to convince to join forces with a brand or buy a product and i think you've got to start with understanding what their acute needs are what they're feeling what the tensions are that need resolving um, and, and then I think it's about helping them, right, in a, in, a, in a valuable, tangible, real way. And I think technology is a huge unlock to doing that because you can almost circumnavigate the process of changing opinions or getting people to feel something different. And you can go straight to directly equipping them or arming them with the right tools to achieve something, to do something that they actually need to do or want to do or already doing, right? The audience is already armed with incredible technology in their hands. Uh, in a, in a, I think in about a year's time, everybody will have almost the power of industrial light and magic in their hands, and they'll be the creators of whatever their story is they want to tell. Um, so it makes, it changes the role of marketing, right? Like gone are the days of building these monuments of marketing and broadcasting them at audiences and interrupting them. Um, you know, you truly need to understand what the value exchange needs to be between a brand and, and an audience. What is an audience value enough to, you know, from a brand to reciprocate and give something back? There's a there's a there's a need for reciprocity, right? A give to get, um, and that starts with really understanding. In, in the case of backup Ukraine, I mean, it was pretty obvious what was needed, and 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 then our role as creative directors become almost creative choreographers of. Of, um, of 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 connecting the dots in a way. 
if that makes but sense. I am going to go off on a tangent here because, uh, you know, you and I share very similar views and values, but one of, you've just hit the nail on the head. We've got to stop interrupting people and, and we've got to kind of add value, but it seems to be a hard nut to crack, doesn't it? The, you know, there are, there are still plenty of awards out there for, you know, best ad campaigns. You know, I just, yeah, you know, let's just, the NFL is the perfect example. It's like, who can get the celebrity to do the funniest thing? It's, um, you know, why do you think when, to be honest with you, we've been in this, you know, what's preventing more of it? Is it just a mindset? Is it? I think it's, it's, um, you know, the, 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 the industry is almost splitting into two. There's the side of paid advertising and, 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 and media booking. And on the other side, there's entertainment and youth cultures growing up in the entertainment world more and more and disassociating themselves from traditional streams of, 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 of media. So it's just a matter of time. You know, I think brands stand the risk of becoming irrelevant if they don't reinvent the way they actually connect with audiences, because it's just a matter of time before those methods aren't effective enough anymore. Um, mm. And so it, it becomes challenging because a lot of a marketer could do, but what should they do out of all the things they could do? And I think it's our role as uh, experts in, in marketing to help brands and clients navigate the choices of what they should do and recommend the most efficient direct to consumer way to, to drive change or to um, build brands. Um, and that, that's, that it's kind of overwhelming because that's in lots of different shapes and forms these days. Right. But I think, mm. I think to simplify things, meet the audience where they're at is a good rule of thumb and understand their world and show up in their, in, in, in their conversations and their communities and, sometimes even pull those communities into building the brand platform with you you know shot on iphone is a great example of that but instead of just demonstrating how the phones take beautiful pictures invite the audience in and celebrate their creativity instead and give them the real estate of the brand's media and um, scale their ideas connect their ideas fuel their ideas um, enable them with the right tools um, and that's a marketing model. Yeah, it's funny. I, I just, I've just literally had a, been having a conversation with my uh, business partner, who's the uh, the innovation uh, tech side of the business, and he, he's uh, he's just done a panel on VR and AR and all the buzzwords. And he said it. The, the, the most interesting thing he got out of it was the fact that the people that are succeeding in this arena, the gaming companies are the ones that aren't using all the buzz buzzwords. They're not trying to create an environment for everybody. They've, you know, they are, and and that's why, you know, predominantly, you know, that's why Fortnite is doing so much better than Decentraland because, you know, it's just kind of, they've just created an, you know, created a world, built a community around it and got on with it. it, it it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we're, we're, as an, an indi industry, we're all excited about Web3 and, you know, all the things that are coming through it. But how how do you see yourselves getting involved in that, uh, you know, that world? And what do you see the future of? Should we just stop talking about all buzzwords and just kind of get on with it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, buzzwords become 
you, they, they create a sort of labyrinth of complexity more than anything else. I think, again, I try and go back to human fundamental needs. Um, I do think there's some undisputable facts, facts at the moment. People are spending more time than ever on their mobile devices, right? That's not going away. Um, and in so doing, they're becoming more and more obsessed with their virtual identities, even sometimes more than their real identities. And they're playing games more than ever. Everything's becoming gamified. And so behaviorally, people are getting more and more programmed into these gaming loops of consuming content. And, you know, you can see gaming loops being applied on social media feeds and Facebook and how that's worked. And even in the way that series are constructed with different episodes. Um, so it's just a matter of time before this just becomes ubiquitous as part of youth culture's world in the way that they exist. Um, and so, again, you really need to understand what's of value to these audiences and what's important to them and the behavioral shifts that they're making to be able to sync up with that as a brand um, and, and, and play a vital role within those experiences. Um, and, and I, I think that, that, again, just requires a fundamental shift in approach of the way people are doing and building marketing assets. There's going to be an interesting shift from 2022 to 2023, isn't there? Because we've had this this massive, overwhelming experience of technology kind of taking the lead and being put right in front of us. And and unfortunately, we've been taken advantage of yet again. Uh, you know, we did a I did a fantastic event in Los Angeles and worked with a, an incredible lady called Dr. Alex. And uh, she's been on a similar journey from me. You know, we collaborated on a on a um, a virtual world experience uh, called Second Life all the way back in 2007. And she said she's kind of got a love hate relationship with it all because you know she gets really excited. Yeah, you know, she uh, she said it so well. She's, I get really excited. I fall in love. I think it's all going to change, and then you know it all comes crashing around. And she was. Yeah, in, I, I'm going to do a podcast with her soon because I want to know what she thinks now. Because, yeah, it's kind of, you know, with everything with Board 8 and FTX, it's kind of come crashing around us. But but it's because people, to your point, have forgotten that we're human and that there has to be this value exchange. And, and so, you know, those recent examples have just purely gone out for financial funding. And that was put before the community and the audience. And then they started to think about it, which is exactly, you know, the polar opposite of what you're talking about, isn't it? It's like, so what value exchanges do you think brands need to be offering audiences? It depends what, what, what part of the journey you, you, you design those value exchanges to happen at. Like, it could be as simple as just at certain times, human beings want to laugh or they want to feel some form of levity and a brand can provide that valuable experience to them and um, or it could be that they need more inspiration and um, education and how to around how to um, use a product or a brand in, in a way that they hadn't thought of before um, or it, it could be as, as simple as um, just giving them the 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 spotlight to be recognized for what they're already doing um, and so you, you know, I think a big clue lies in what audiences and people are already doing in life and understanding that. And then just instead of reinventing the experience from scratch, 
just team up as a brand with communities um, and and invite them into the brand to help co-create and collaborate. Um, and it's in, I mean that's much more authentic as well because then the role of your brand becomes an enabler rather than just an advertiser. It, it, it sort of forces brands to be much more honest about the experiences that they're designing because they have to be of value to audiences. That's that's the key, isn't it? I think this is a perfect opportunity to talk about your uh, NFT project with Coca-Cola, isn't it? Um, it's, you know, you, you recently, it was the first set of NFT digital collectibles, wasn't it? Can you, uh, inspired by moments of friendship, can you talk us through that and the system and your experience of that lovely word NFT? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a contentious word today, right? But I, I think, think it will be. I think it will go in the next six months. I think people are just, yeah, we need to stop non-fungible tokens. Whoever came up with that? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a tongue twister. I mean, our relationship started with that um, first uh, Friendship Day NFT, and we built a loot box that you could open and and reveal all these sort of unexpected NFTs within it. Um, but it's grown since then as a relationship, and we we consider ourselves um, Coca-Cola's innovation partner, and we're building a bunch of Web three um, ideas with them, from uh, collectible uh, drops over over year long calendars at different moments to um, a series of limited uh, product drops called co-creations, which are really exciting too, but with a lot of Web three um, elements to them and gaming partnerships. Ultimately, all of this is about um, Coke building relevance with a, with a younger audience again, right? Because if you think about the challenge Coca-Cola has, um, 15 years, 10 years ago, they had huge brand love um, and they, 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 they maybe faced a bit of a challenge with conversion and trial, but they, they, they had even lost a lot of that brand love. A lot of youth culture don't even have Coca-Cola on their radar anymore. So the challenge is to show up in a way that's relevant to that audience and of value to that audience. Um, Co-creations is a good example of that, where we, we started audience first and found um, themes that, that youth culture cared about and talking about and very quickly landed on strategic areas like escapism was a big theme we we, came, we we found like a lot of youth actually sadly want to escape their reality um and, and came up with a product called starlight which is all about space exploration and what does space taste like and worked with coca-cola to invent a new tape and packaged the whole experience around starlight from uh, an augmented reality live concert with ava max on a can um we we did another one called bite which was all about um gaming obviously you know youth culture is immersed in gaming right now and did a whole fortnight partnership around that with what is a pixel taste like and um these culture drops grew like gangbusters and sold out within a week and the price on ebay shot up to like 45 dollars for a can of coca-cola and conversion to coke red interesting enough is starting to happen from that as well so to me it's just a, a fa fascinating learning about if you truly understand what's of value to the audience, what the audience is engaged, tuned into, start the experience there, design the product experience around that, and then expand it from that and meet the audience where they're at. There's a lot more effectiveness and traction in that than trying to and, something. And really, and honestly, and, and, and importantly for, I think, the this podcast is 
you're talking about reconnecting with youth. And so the two key words there aren't the technology, it's it's gaming and digital collectibles at the end of the day, isn't it? Just to putting it into, you know, layman's terms, that's what's that's that's the threat, isn't it? So you've you found where they're now living and and spending time. You know, my my son is socializing and playing in Fortnite. And then, you know, digital collectibles. There, there was a, uh, a brilliant article last week that's basically saying this Christmas is going to be probably the first Christmas where, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many kids don't actually get given cash. They'll be given, you know, Robux or, you know, uh, V-Bucks and stuff like that. And just that shift change just shows how culture is changing and how much of a role technology is playing in culture. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I mean, I'd never thought about this this Christmas, and 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 again, yeah. it's proof of the fact that there's no divide. What's of value to youth is different from our perception of what's of value. Physical and digital, the lines are being blurred between the two. And I think the brilliant unlock will be when uh, brands find a way to bring the digital into the physical in a seamless way. Um, I think well, out of all of the choices of Web3, I think AI and AR are going to be the two areas that are going to grow like crazy. The the impact of AI and, uh, and VR is going to be really interesting. There's a fantastic kind of case study in point uh, with Disney+. Plus. They've, uh, they've created this amazing um, uh, short movie called Remembering. And it's about a writer who just forgets how to write. And so she falls asleep, meets her younger self, and at the, that point, when she goes into this imaginary world, you can hold up your iPad or your phone, and it's an incredible thing to see. Just this digital waterfall just pull pours out of the TV set and just starts you know, spreading around your feet, and then this little forest just appears in your room. And, uh, and just seeing the fact that... And it, it relates back, and I think I said this in my opening speech in Cannes about my son when, you know, I was trying to persuade him to sit down and watch a family movie. And he was like, why? It's so boring. <laughs> you know, I'm with my friends, you know, playing in Fortnite, socializing, learning, or building in, you know, Minecraft. He, he just refuses to watch TV now. Um, and they're kind of living and breathing it, aren't they? They are, and I think that's the... Um... That, that's the, the shift in our industry is um, instead of trying to compete with that or, or keep up with that, it's about joining forces and letting having the courage to let culture lead, right? Having the courage to let the audience lead. I think a big future in, in brands is building community brands, understanding who your audience is and building those communities around um, a shared purpose with a brand, um, a shared behavior with a brand, um, and creating that reciprocity in a way. And then enabling those people to become part of the marketing in a way that suits them as well. Um, and and, and that's, 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 you, you, that, You're so lucky to work with a brand like Coca-Cola because to have a, a, a company that big and that powerful that, didn't, that are making those sort of commitments is great. That, that's what it takes, doesn't it? It has to come from the top and, and the whole business and, uh, and really drive it forward. So you've touched, look, it, it has been an interesting few years, but we're heading into 2023. You know, I'm, I've got this personal thing that I believe that 
in 2023, kind of brands and agencies have the opportunity uh, to right the wrongs of the past. Uh, big and bold statement there. You know, we can help brands understand that our audiences kind of hold the magic now. Um, how do you how do you think we can all help each other to to really make that a success in the next year? I think it's a good opportunity to um, get involved to help shape the experience because it's still untrodden territory, right? We're right at the beginning of inventing like Web3 as an experience. And if you look at all the shortfalls of, of Web2 and social media, I think it's it's got a bad name. Um, and instead of just standing on the sidelines and observing, I think it's everyone's almost responsibility to jump in and help shape that experience and be on the right side of history, because otherwise um, the opportunists are going to shape it in the wrong way. Um, you know, one of the best uh, campaigns I've seen very recently is the new Apple Spot, the greatest. I, I don't mm. know if you've seen it yet, but it's fabulous. And yeah, what I love about that is it's 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 story doing, right? It's actually Apple has got a very strong belief that it's everyone's human right to have access. Yes, um, and and they're demonstrating that they're not just talking about it; they're building that into the, their user experience in a way that is actually just proving that they are committed to that. Um, and you know that that's all the brands need to do is actually just prove their commitment by doing something and committing to it over the long term, rather than just sort of talking about it and paying lip service. Um, and and those are the brands I think that'll be valued in the future more than others. Do you know what? I think that's a drop the mic moment. Um, thanks so much, Chris, for that amazing talk. I uh, I think we could have gone on for hours. Uh, I think what we've been able to really show is that brands and agencies uh, with the power of kind of integrating creative and technology can really deliver some incredible marketing for good. There's this emphasis that no matter what technology is out there, just keep focusing on your audience and where where your audience lives and 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 where they're hanging out which is why culture is such an important thing because the art of being able to develop digital collectibles within gaming arenas is just an exact example of how things have shifted uh and hopefully 2023 is the year where we all start writing some wrongs and doing some really good stuff uh thank you very much for joining fresh takes if you enjoyed the show as much as I did uh, and you liked it, please share it with your friends, tell everybody, uh, and keep watching. Um, if you would like to be part of a panel and uh, have a conversation with me, then please reach out to us directly. Uh, I will see you at the next show. Goodbye. <laughs>